Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's poppin' Fantasy Champs? Welcome back to the pod. Welcome back to episode two of the week. Interesting stuff. I know the last week's episodes are out a little bit later, so you might get four on this current week. Whoa. This would be a lot of episodes thrown at you very, very expeditiously. But um, we are back. We are better than ever. It's getting warmer. It's 80 degrees this weekend where I'm at. So um, that's exciting. Yeah. It's like, uh, I feel the it. The weather's nice. I can feel it. I can feel it. The vitamin D going right into my veins. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, we are, you know, heading into the tranches of summer, you know, three months of summertime. Um, and, you know, with that comes all of this redraft content that we do only this time of year. And, um, I just can't wait for the season to start. I think he said on Sunday, 17 weeks, 17, 17 Sundays. Lots of Sundays to go. Yeah. But it'll fly. It'll fly. That's um, a whole season. That is a whole... Okay. Don't, don't crush my hopes and dreams. I'm just waiting for the top 100 countdown. Did you see? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a joke. I thought it was serious at first, but somebody posted like his voting for the top 100 players. Yeah. He just did the top 20. It was so he had Justin Fields at like nine. <laughs> I love Fields, but like, dude, what? He had Matt Judon at four. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, I heard he, Matt Judon. I heard Judon's gonna be high. Yeah, I mean, I get him being high, but like number four is kind of insane. No, that's a crazy. He had some crazy ones though. <laughs> Mac Jones twenty. He wasn't even a Pats fan. He just had like the Here's craziest me. takes. Matt Slater number seventy. Yeah, that slate is top 10. Yeah, right. Um, so today we are going to talk about our top five rookies for redraft. So this is the rookies, but for redraft. Rookies, redraft. Usually those two right. things don't go together, but I want you to know before you get in the comments and you complain about, oh, this guy's going to be good when you're talking Ooh. about. Yeah. No, we're talking about rookies for redraft. You know, you get to use them for one year. For keeper leagues, yeah, you know, there's benefits there. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about redraft. You know, yeah. You redraft your team every year. Um, so we're going to do that on this show. We're going to talk about five rookies that we're comfortable with taking this year uh, for fantasy football. We'll tell you why. Uh, before we do that, check out our website, fansjames.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, please leave a review. Share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below any questions you might have for us. Uh, and we will get to them expeditiously, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, I, I love doing this show every time uh, of year because there is, um, you know, there's usually like a lot of conversation um, in fantasy football, in the fantasy football space surrounding the draft. And it's mostly related to Dynasty because, you know, a lot of these assets that you're you're picking up um, are good in Dynasty Leagues uh, and, and good value to have in Dynasty Leagues. But... Uh, when you start talking about looking forward in, in redraft or year one, 
they significantly drop off and it's much harder to find successful running backs uh, or successful wide receivers that come out in their rookie season. Um, And, you know, I don't see a lot of people talking about rookies specifically for redraft in the fantasy space. So this is a, is a podcast unique to us, I guess. (laughs) Um, So I think it's good to talk about because uh, we are a redraft. We're primarily a redraft show. And, um, and as we bring you into the season, like these, some of these younger guys are going to make an impact early last season. In the last couple of years, the wide receivers have shown that they can, they can make an impact on your fantasy team, at least in a flex capacity. So, um, that almost sounded like flex capacitor in my brain. That's what I said. Something like that. Something like that. But anyway, yeah. And, 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 you know, you can play them in your flex and and stuff like that. But, um, so we're going to give you five guys that we're okay with taking, um, for this year and talk about why. And, and then, um, you know, if we have time, maybe an honorable mention here and there, if, if you're interested, um, sure. but, uh, let's start, let's start. What will say you about? Let's do it. Um, all right. Number one, and this is, this list, I think this is ranked for me personally. It isn't or is it is. It is. So, um, but you can take it in any order. It's not like you have to draft the, I mean, these guys are probably drafted in this order anyway. Um, I believe that probably, well, maybe, maybe almost. not one of these guys, but, um, so we have a couple of different guys. Um, obviously we've recapped the draft content, all that stuff. And, uh, we know where the landing spots are for these guys. Behan ended up going to the Atlanta Falcons, which I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like where his ADP is right now. Who landed huh. in a better situation, Behan Robinson with Atlanta or Saquon Barkley with the Giants when he got drafted? Because uh, it's an equal crap situation. I I was gonna say I think the the Giants were awful when yeah, they, they drafted were terrible. Barkley. I don't I don't think I don't think the Atlanta Falcons are good either. I actually think it might be Behan. Better situation for Behan. Okay, maybe that's why he's getting drafted higher. So Rick told me today, best ball. Um, he was what? Um, he was he's he's going down a little bit, so the hype okay, is all right, good. But he's still the RB two, and he was going as the one hundred three. Now he's at the one hundred five, one hundred six. Okay. Um, fan, uh, player profiler has his ADP currently at twelve point one. Oh, there we go. Um, so that is much more reasonable for me. And I think when you get he's flying up though, plus six. Oh yeah, <laughs> flying. Um, when you get to, uh, you know, draft month, <clears throat> I think that's going to be like, he'll probably be anywhere between eight and 12. Um, I would take him as high yeah. as six and, um, like, you know, it just depends on where the rankings are, but there are some wide receivers that I would take over him. So I don't even know if I'd take him that high, but, but I think for Behan Robinson, like the, the talent is there. The excitement is there. And he was drafted with a top 10 selection, which doesn't normally happen for running backs. So for him, he's got the draft capital. He's got a really good landing spot and he's extremely talented. Like they're going to force feed him the ball. I mean, last year, Arthur Smith loved to run the ball with the crap he had on his team. And now he's got a real running back. So um, they're going to feed this guy. Um, And I think year one, he should have a heck of a lot of success. I think, you know, at worst, He's gonna push. Uh, he's gonna push some of these dudes that at the running back position that you want in the second round back a little bit. Just 
sheerly by the fact that he's going to be a first round pick most likely. So, yeah. Um, but I really like him. Like if you're looking at, you know, rookies for redraft, you know, we're talking, we're not talking about must draft players. Like we were on the last show. You're talking about guys that are rookies that could have success year one, regardless of where he goes. Behan's probably going to be rookie of the year. And the dude who finishes the highest, um, of all the rookies this year. Right. I would imagine unless something horrible happens. Yeah. I mean, and there's a guy who I think may, maybe if all things go well, could compete with him mm-hmm. um, for the top rookie for redraft. But I think Bihan right now is um, the top guy. He's like you said, he's in Atlanta there with Arthur Smith, who's kind of a clown, but there's one thing Arthur oh, Smith loves so to do is run the football. So, uh, I think he's probably going to get like 300 touches year one. So regardless how you feel about the Falcons and their quarterback situation, they were kind of in the same spot last year, but their rushing offense was still okay. Like it was still decent. Their interior offensive line is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, Their coach loves to run the ball. He's going to get a lot of carries. So like there's a lot of things setting up for Behan to have a really, really good rookie year. I still don't want to draft him like top five though. I feel like that's still a little... Like late first round, I'm I'm okay with, um, but anything once you get like, the, I don't know, the top five is like the the guaranteed like, mm-hmm. or at least you're expecting a guaranteed RB one. I don't know if he's if he's that, but all things point to the right direction with him. I think uh, what was did, was Barkley the RB one his rookie year? Uh, he I don't know if he was the RB one, but he was a- he was either the RB one or RB two as a rookie. And I don't know if Bihan will do that. He has the, the potential to do it, yeah, though. Um, so he's clearly the number one rookie. I don't think it's really a contest yeah. of who's even number two. But I just don't know how so, much I'm going to have him on my team, especially if the hype continues. Typically, if you look at the history of of you know running backs in the running back position, you know if you're drafted as a first round pick, you know you're going to get the work, and as long as you stay healthy you know, and you don't get hurt. Um, it typically tend like running backs are kind of easy to hit on. Yeah. So if you're, if you're getting drafted high, like there's a very high likelihood that you're not a bust. Whereas the, you know, the, the likelihood of you being a success at the wide receiver position, regardless of where you're taken is significantly lower at the wide receiver position than it is at the running back position. Um, regardless of what you think of a player, you know what I mean? You can, you can run around Twitter and say, I just saw this guy run and five star recruit on high school and he's a good route runner. He goes real quick and, uh, gets around the guys and he scores touchdown. He looks really good. I think he's going to be great. Uh, you can say all you want about certain players, but <laughs> we'll find yeah. out until they play the NFL game. I mean, if you go back to 2015, though, mm-hmm. and you just look at the running backs draft in the top 10, mm-hmm. and I think I brought this up pre-draft with him, but Todd Gurley, 2015. Yes, sir. Zeke, 2016. Yes, sir. Leonard Fournette, who's probably the worst of the bunch at number four overall. Still which had is some great years. Christian McCaffrey, eighth overall. Yes, sir. Saquon Barkley, second overall, mm-hmm. 2018. And that's it. That's the end of the list. So. Yeah. And and now you now you those have, are all great fantasy running backs or were yeah, but it's like to me, obviously you're drafting a rookie. There is some positional like I mean or you know you're drafting a rookie. There's obviously some risk tied to that. 
Um, what if Bihan comes into the NFL and he just isn't good? Um, that yeah. would obviously be horrible for the Falcons. It'd be horrible for fantasy football. But I would say the chances of that happening are, are somewhere in the ballpark of like five to six percent. Yeah. Like yeah. very low. And um, so it's higher than what you would normally inv- like, you know, if you're making a choice between, let's say, I don't know, Josh Jacobs and, you know, uh, what's his name? Obviously, the more sure thing is going to be Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Um, but I think, these, you know, the ceiling for Bihan is is what Rick was talking about with Saquon, where he could he could be you know one two or three, right? Um, this year, not talking about next year. We're, we're talking about this year. <laughs> right. So, um, Bihan, great player. Let's talk about the next guy. His name is Jameer Gibbs. We talked about him before. He goes eleven. Was that right? No, twelve to the Detroit Lions. Yep, twelve overall. Now we like this guy coming in. We called him the uh, you know, the Alvin Kamara of this class. You know mm-hmm. he has he has some traits similar to Alvin Kamara's contact balance is great, great pass catcher, all that good stuff. Big thing with Jameer Gibbs. Thought he was going to be a second round pick. Yeah, thought he was going to be a second round pick. I was even talking about like you know Patriots. They got some picks in the second round. Like even when we got close to the draft and there were some rumors about him going first over or first round. I was expecting like in the ballpark of like twenty to thirty-two, not twelfth overall. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that Detroit played the board very well, they but uh, they got their guy. They almost they get their the, guy. the GM almost broke the table when they drafted him. Um, so I mean, there's that. But the big thing for me is that when we talk pre-draft about these players and capital, and we obviously knew Gibbs had a chance of being drafted in the first round, even if he was a second round pick, then you factor in a little bit more of the, the landing spot. But yeah. like he was drafted with the 12 pick. He's a top 12 selection in the NFL draft. Like he's got to be now in the same ballpark as like, he's not, he doesn't have that same ceiling, but he's going to be in that same ballpark as, as B in terms yep. of having success year one. Now, if we're talking about a top 12 finish, most likely um, Jameer Gibbs will probably be like 11 or 12, if I had to guess, because Detroit and their running backs are weird. Um, but David Montgomery. Yeah, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, they completely reset the running back room. A weird position to choose. But anyway, um, so they get rid of Swift, they trade him away, and they get Jameer Gibbs to replace him, basically the same thing. I think they were concerned with Swift about health, um, and Gibbs comes in and kind of replaces him. If he stays healthy, I think they they use him in a similar way to the to which they used you know DeAndre Swift. And if that happens, I think he is a top twelve running back in fantasy football. So to me, that's why he's second on this list because like you know he's a first round pick, and the draft capital kind of screams like we're going to use this guy. There's like. When you draft a guy that high, you're not just talking about like draft capital. You're talking about financial investment. Yeah. Like they could have traded. The they had how many draft picks, and he was their first one. I know. Like, two in the first, two you, in the second. You could have traded back and saved eight million dollars on the kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. And there was also a report there. that uh, if the Lions did not trade back, would they have like the eighth overall pick? Six? Yeah, no, yeah. they had sixth, right? Yeah, something like that. Sixth or seventh, whatever it was. If they didn't trade back, they were gonna take him over Bihan. Yeah. So uh, I mean, just just that that like that would be dumb. But um, <laughs> just regardless of the fact that they would do that, like it just shows you how they feel about the kid. So 
you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, Gibbs definitely going to be used. Yeah, and the Alvin Kamara comparisons, I think, are very legit. Um, and the good thing about it, so there's, <laughs> I don't trust Dan Campbell. I don't trust the Lions. The way they used Swift does worry me. Mm-hmm. But if they use him like everyone thinks they're going to use him, and they should because of the draft capital, all those things we just talked about, it, you're looking at an Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram situation with him and Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And in the Lions offense is pretty good. Their offensive line is really good. And there's been talks about they're going to use him even as a slot receiver sometimes when Montgomery's on the field. Yep. So this is a guy who you could be looking at as like a 70-80 catch guy year one. And in PPR leagues, if that happens and he can get, you know, it doesn't, I don't know if it doesn't it's like carries, Kamara. But... It's like it doesn't even matter if he reaches two hundred. Kamara, I think, has only reached right. two hundred exactly. just once. Right. Right. Matter. And he was a top five running back. So I think Gibbs honestly has a super high ceiling as well. Now, I think he's got the Behan close to the Behan ceiling. Um, the problem is David Montgomery and the Lions coaching yes, staff. Yeah, yeah, I they, don't trust. They're, they're, I don't trust him at all. Uh, at all. Now, but quickly with uh, Gibbs too. His his ADP is forty six, so it's like yeah, way cheaper. We'll see when draft season floats around and if what he sleepers stays ADPs, there. I don't think like, he will. As you can tell, he's flying up boards as well. He's plus twenty two. Yeah. Um, but if he stays there, I think that's great value and i would be drafting him in every single draft in like the fourth fifth round once he gets higher i think underdog he's like third round and i think at that point i still have drafted him in a league but i'm not like going overboard for that yeah like Um, third round is probably uh where i anticipate i think third round two is probably i'm in that i'm in that group like i wouldn't mind drafting him in the second round like if i'm late like if you're a high first round yeah yo i mean he's at least someone to consider yeah but in like the fifth round oh yeah Oh, yeah. fifth round? Like yeah. if you can get him in the fifth round, it reminds me of the Jonathan Taylor season where everyone was yeah. concerned about, you know, Marlon Mack and all that crap. Yeah. It, and yeah. He was exactly. a sixth round pick. Like that, that is kind of the vibes that I'm going to get. Um, but like, you know, just based on draft capital and what they said about the kid, like he's definitely like, I, I, I would be shocked if I look back on this video and, and Gibbs is not the second best rookie um, in year one. Um, all right, let's talk about another guy, um, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison, interesting slot here. Goes to Minnesota, um, wasn't my favorite wide receiver in this class, still isn't my favorite wide receiver in this class, but the reason why I, I, I have him on this list in this spot is more specifically pertaining to the team that he went to and the lack of receivers that they have. Um, he goes to Minnesota on a football team that just lost it, lost its longtime slot receiver to the Carolina Panthers, and they let him walk. They were like, we're done with this guy. Um, but they they like to use the slot. They like to use the middle of the field. Um, and Jordan Addison kind of fits that role. We've talked about that before. I think this is the perfect landing spot for him in general because I, there was a lot of vacated targets on this football team to begin with. Now I think yep. to start the season, you might have a situation where those vacated targets maybe shift to Hawk. Um, yeah. And then as the season goes along and, and Jordan Addison kind of catches on, he'll start to advance a little bit more and, and take those targets back. But I think they brought him in essentially to a pre- replace Adam Thielen. And because of that, sure. I think he has the best chance of having success year one because they have the vacated targets there. Like Justin Jefferson was already getting targeted a lot. They can't keep throwing him the ball that much. You know what I mean? Like if he's already getting 170 targets, like how many 184. more? Can, 184. Like how many more targets can you funnel to that guy? I think they want a guy, an outlet underneath. And that's why they use yes. a first round pick on him 
to distribute the target share a little bit more so they're not just throwing it to Hawk and just throwing it to Justin Jefferson, but they're also getting other guys involved. And I think Addison in the slot really will take take advantage of that. And I think he'll become, a at some point next season, he'll become a target machine where he'll be a dump-off guy. I mean, Kirk Cousins does not have a cannon. Um, he plays a very similar game to that of Mac Jones or pocket passers and you know, so he's not going to be a dude that's going to be looking down the field significantly. I think they do want to get it off. Just not, not that you want to take targets away from Justin Jefferson, but I think right. for for them offensively, it's better if they have more guys that you have to think about besides just one dude. Where if there's o- Ola B C Johnson is in in the slot, and Justin Jefferson's getting double teamed, like I I if I was a defensive coordinator, I'd be like, okay, Ola B C, beat me down, right? <laughs> like yeah. So, Jordan Addison coming in now defenses have to kind of think about that stuff. And I think they want to get the ball to multiple guys so that it's, you know, similar. Like you look at the chiefs last year where they were just throwing it to everyone. So, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it, it develops, but I would not be surprised if we get to the end of the season and Jordan Addison's kind of in that, you know, upper For echelon sure. of rookie. I think of all the rookies, he's the guy I would probably bet on to get a hundred targets as a rookie. Yeah. Um, where I don't know if any of the other rookie receivers will get that. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they, they might, but Addison at least has the best odds to do so. Right. Um, and yeah, even if like, if that were to happen, Jefferson would still like, even if he took 15 targets away, he's still at 160. So, yeah. um, and I think that's reasonable to assume, but they lean with him out. That's 107 vacated targets. And you know, they could go to Hawkinson, but Hawkinson had a lot of targets anyway. Yeah when he was in the lineup last year. Mm-hmm. Um, KJ Osborne had 90 targets. This isn't the Minnesota Vikings from like four or five years ago that would run the ball a lot. This is a p- pass-heavy team now. Yeah. And there's um, a lot of rumors. I think even Schefter said that there's a really good chance Dalvin Cook is not on this team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to just be a full-on passing offense. And they were anyway last year, 672 pass attempts. That is That's up there for the most in the league. And you're looking at a rookie who... Yeah has a chance to slot right in as the wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mayton might not be week one. I think Justin Jefferson, if you remember correctly, um, wasn't the wide receiver two mm-hmm. the thing and by week one, I think it was, it took him like the first two or three weeks and then he exploded in week three and four. Mm-hmm. And then so on the rest was history. I could see that with Addison. I think they might start with like KJ Osborne and then Addison works his way yeah. as the season progresses. But yeah, he's someone and his ADP right now is 100. So I think that's a decent value. Yep. If I'm going to draft a rookie receiver, um, mm-hmm. it's like ninth round. So I'll take a flyer there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one to draft rookie wide receivers, but this one is a guy that like, you know, if they get involved at some point in the season, he could be really good. Um, you know, uh, there's also a game that I like to play with rookie wide receivers where some people are just the hold. So maybe I don't need to take this risk in the home league. Cause there's like three guys that'll do that. But like I typically with rookie wide receivers, if I like them, I'll let somebody else draft them, watch the first three weeks of the season, go this is crap, and then pick <laughs> yeah, them up and then make they, an offer. Yeah, and then make an offer or pick them up when they drop them off their team. So, um, uh, but I I think I definitely could see Jordan Addison making an immediate impact in the slot, um, for them. So we'll definitely see what happens. Number four is this three or four? I think we're four. Uh, Devin Akeen, um, yeah, of the Miami Dolphins. So he gets drafted. His ADP is worse. It's uh one seventeen. Um, so he's, he's, you know, we're talking 10th round or beyond for this guy. Um, but 
Miami drafted him with a yep. third round pick. Yes, sir. And uh, isn't that the capital that they gave to uh, the the Texans gave to Damian Pierce? I think Damian Pierce was a fourth rounder. So like last year, we saw fourth round pick running backs succeed. I think Ramondre. Yeah, he was a. I think he was a fourth rounder as well. So when I look at Devin Akane, like pick three twenty one here. They have a need at running back. They were talking about going and getting a guy like Dalvin Cook and or somebody else, and they choose not to go in either of those directions. Um, especially with Mixon and Dalvin Cook available, like you would think that they would, and they, I think they probably looked into it. But um, Devin Akeem was probably the cheaper option, and I think that based on his like workout numbers, he's extra. Like this is going to be one of the fastest offenses in the NFL. I'm I'm not even going to front. This oh yeah, Jay, it is. It's he all ran, speed. He ran, he's a fast waddle. Back. 4-3-2, 99th percentile for a running back. So he's just going to be lightning. Um, but his college target share, 14.7%, 93rd percentile. So he's a he's a guy that likes to catch the ball. They're going to get the ball to him through the air. I think they're going to try to get it to him on the ground. And with that running scheme and all of that stuff, I think that makes Devin Akane a really good option. He could, he could even finish higher in terms of fantasy points than Jordan Addison um this mm-hmm. year and i i think either it either starts week one or the he has to ease into it and, and take the veterans job but i think at some point this year you're going to see Devin kane having rb1 weeks you know i don't think he's going to be an rb1 but he'll have weeks where he produces as an rb1 sure. um in the top 12 so uh and i think there's a good chance that he could finish in the top uh 24 in at the running back position which could be a decent flex for you um, and he's cheap, so I would take the I would take the flyer on on Devin and Kane late. Absolutely, I, I, there's a lot of people who have. He's probably the most polarizing player for rookies. Like, there's a lot of people that are either really high on him or really low on him. And the way I view it is like, especially for redraft, yeah, the price isn't bad. Like, you just even if he blows, you take that flyer on him. Mm-hmm. Um, what at one seventeen ADP is nothing. It is kind of like Damian Pierce last year. Yeah. Um, and Pierce worked out. I don't think Arcane, I don't know if he's the, you know, the same level as talent. Like you saw Pierce in the preseason, you were like, holy cow, this guy is like an NFL running back and a really good one. We'll see it yeah. uh, with Arcane, but um, he's a player that I think could easily just fade, fade out. And you're like, why did I waste a second round pick in dynasty drafts on him? Um, but he's also a guy who you could look back and say, man, was he a steal? Mm-hmm. Uh, he has the opportunity there with Miami. Mostert and Jeff Wilson are both really old guys who I know Mike McDaniel likes them, but they could easily be taken over that position. And he's the younger at this point in his career, more talented player. Um, So he's going to have opportunity to really take over that role. He's someone who could be third on the depth chart or first on the depth chart. So it's, he's kind of a wild card and how they're going to use him. And I think even if he does become the top running back with Mike McDaniel's system, they're probably going to use multiple guys. But if he's able to be the top guy, he's going to be a home run pick. Home run pick, top yeah. 24 running back, like you said, and a really good value. Yeah, I think, too, um, with a cane, it's, it's you know, you, you look at football teams. I remember seeing this with the Chicago Bears. They spent a third-round pick on a running back named David Montgomery. And obviously, um, it might have been a second-round pick. I can't remember, but... Um, like the, I remember the first two or three games they were, they were getting the, I think it was Damian Williams at the time involved more. And uh, typically you'll see that the vets are going to start off for Miami. Um, but I think a Kane's speed and ability to catch the ball is going to kind of take over um, at some point. So, and they drafted him to, to be that. So, but Rick's right. Could be, he could either bust and suck or 
be really good. Could go either way. But at pick 117, yeah, what are we doing? The value's there. All right, last guy, Jackson Smith and Jigba. We talked about him before. Um, the, out of the top receivers that we really liked, like Quentin Johnston, Jackson Smith, Ajegba, and um, Zay Flowers. Flowers goes to a team that uh, you know, I I heard a stat the other day that, um, you know, in in his MVP season, Lamar Jackson threw thirty one hundred passing yards, um, which is just not great in terms of passing. Um, so he threw a lot of touchdowns that season, but. Uh, Zay is obviously going to have some some trouble putting up big fantasy numbers unless there's like touchdowns involved or or something like or that. Or they, I mean, did you hear what Lamar said? That they were going to force feed him the ball. No, they they said he's Lamar said he's going to try to throw for six thousand yards this year. Yeah, get over it. That's not happening. Um, he got a couple of receivers and now he's getting hot headed. Yeah, he um, said that they're going to be a pass first team, so we'll see. Goes. But uh, and then you have a team like um, you know, uh, the Chargers who just draft a guy that's similar to Mike Williams, but plays Keenan Allen's play style. Like, I, like he'll start the season as like the number. He's three gonna be receiver. The, the three, I think. And, and then you that's have Jackson Smith and Jigba, and like I don't see another running back that I really really like. You know, besides Kendra Miller, and and I don't know if that's even even gonna be a great right. spot. Um, but Smith and Jigba gives you really interesting upside. Um with Seattle and he's kind of in the same slot where it's like, you have Lockett, you have Matt Calf, like he's going to start as the third guy. Um, and you just don't know what's going to happen. So really at this point you could slot any of the guys that I just mentioned as the fifth guy, but I think he's the most talented of the group. So it could be a similar situation to where we saw guys that we didn't think would have success in year one last year could do it. Um, he's picked 62 right now. Um, I'm not. That's dra- too high. I'm probably not drafting him at that. Um, but I'm interested to see how they use him. Obviously, first round pick. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> it's so funny. His best comparable on player profile, Doug Baldwin, who played with Seattle. Um, Great Seahawks player. So, so uh, like, we'll see what happens. We'll see how they utilize him. Um, I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know what's going to look like. You know, and it, it. This. He's definitely one of those receivers that could ease his way into it and be like an Amon Ra almost where um, it took until like week eight really for that person to take catch fire. And then once it happened, it was like, okay, we're going to get this guy the ball. So like that could be Jackson Smith and Jigba. It wouldn't surprise me. He has the talent to do it. Um, But I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I'm not drafting him. I'll say that much. I think he's the fifth best rookie at the end of the, at the end of the year in redraft, but I'm not drafting him at 62. Yeah, the ADP is way too high for me, and it stinks because I like the player a lot. He was my clear wide receiver one mm-hmm. going into the draft, and then I just don't like this landing spot. He's still my wide receiver one in Dynasty, but it's like he's he's in the same tier with the rest of the guys now. Like I don't think there's a huge gap between him and any one of those other receiver rookie wide receivers. And year one too, like I don't, I I think Tyler Lockett and Metcalf are still the one and two, and I don't think that's going to change this yeah. year. I think for the whole year, he's going to be the wide receiver three on a team that doesn't throw the ball a lot. The Seahawks only had 570 pass attempts last year. I mean, that's that's 100 less than the Vikings did. Yeah, that's um, crazy. And Geno had a really great year, and I don't know if he can even replicate the year that he had. Yeah. Uh, 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot for him to be able to do that again 
And this is a team that, as I said, like they like to run the ball. Kenneth Walker, they drafted uh, Chabernet as well in the second round. Like They're going to be a run-first team. And when they do throw it, it's going to Metcalf. It's going to Lockett. I think JSN is going to have moments. He's going to have flashes. And I think you're right. You know, We could see a, a good second half of the season maybe where he starts to really go on a, a, a run later in the year, has some big games. But to me, he's just not going to be worth that price at all uh, as a wide receiver three on a team that doesn't throw the ball that much. Agreed. Agreed. Any more thoughts on Jason? No, I will say I, you know, the reason we do have him at five is because he still is probably, I think we both agree the best receiver talent. Yeah. The best receiver. So talent. Yeah. you still got to put him at five, but it's close. Like I would consider put drafting Zay flowers ahead of him. Um, maybe Quentin Johnston, but he's kind of in the similar boat as he's the wide receiver three on that team, mm-hmm. but the Chargers throw the ball more. So it's like, right. yeah. I think Jason, Quentin Johnston and Zay flowers are all very similar for redraft, but Jason's just going way higher. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Jackson Smith and Jigba. All these other guys. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say draft JSN, but draft the other guys. I like the other guys. Um, yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed this piece of content. We got some good stuff coming next week. I think maybe a mock draft. Not sure. I'll have to check. We'll see you later, Bro. guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.